welcome to a most nope every time hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movie podcast on the most excellent podcast network it's the podcast where a filmmaker and two comedians are here to regulate your enjoyment of revisiting the 80s movies we all love and we're damn good too but you can't be any geek off the street you got to be handy with the sass and earn your keep this is season one episode nine young guns our movie selection from 1988 trailer yet anyway hello i am comedian and improviser chrissy lens director of national comedy theater and with me as always is uh nathan blackwell uh filmmaker i'm a writer director i do uh comedies and the web series voyage trekkers from squishy studios and with us today we have a guest hello that's nate mccorder that's me also a comedian improviser at National Comedy Theater, uh, also the co-host of Gank That Drank, a yes. supernatural drinking game podcast, which can also be found on the most excellent podcast network. Hello, Nate. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Nathan. Hello, Nate. I hope Hello, this Chrissy. won't get confusing. I don't think it will. I only podcast with people who have variations on the name. It's, you're not my first Nate, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. All right, so... Uh, you have a summary for us. Yeah, it's pretty short. Okay. <clears throat> In the movie Unforgiven, we discover violence and the path of revenge is a terrible thing. But in Young Guns, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Wow. So. It's also the story of how one man can ruin the lives of everyone he encounters. Let me tell you, more than any movie we've seen, there's an there's a way to frame this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this you this could be you could really look at this whole movie as if you put a bunch of 19-year-old actors into Westworld. Mm-hmm. And what a terrible string of decisions and violence and like, hey, let's just get high and mm-hmm. hook up with some hookers mm-hmm. and make the worst decisions ever and go on a path of random violence and let's trust the most charismatic violent psychopath and yeah he's 
he's like a cult leader, essentially. They're less his gang and more his hostages. It's almost like he is, it's like he's playing a Western version of GTA. It's just like an open <laughs> world for him. And he's like, yeah, no, today I'm going to go back to this town where everyone wants to kill me and just, just see what kind of trouble I can get into. Yeah. That's pretty much, I don't know where he got the helicopter from, but that was, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh, and the, the he we're referring to is, of course, William H. Bonney or Billy the Kid. This this movie, I think, is loosely based in historical fact. Yes. The story of Billy the Kid and, like, the Tunstall McSween English guy cattle wars of New Mexico in the 18-something-somethings, which we're all familiar with the history. Vaguely. Being The regulators. The yeah. This yes. is a this cautionary. Is how Warren G. Yeah. Um, got inspired to make music. Yes. Am I wrong about that? I think that's correct. It's a cautionary tale that you really should not trust Billy the Kid. No. No, never. And you should yeah. trust Charlie Sheen. So many I lessons. trust Charlie Sheen. Learn. Yeah, he is the, Charlie Sheen is the voice of reason in Young Guns, which tells you right from the start, everything about it is upside down. Um, so, Nate, yeah. for you, this was your first time seeing Young Guns. First time seeing it. Never even really Last heard of it before. It. <laughs> Never, like, I didn't even have, like, uh, it's a movie, you know, there's movies where you you haven't seen it, but you know references to it. Knew nothing. Knew nothing about it going into it. Really? And, and I'm surprised. Really? Also because this was really hard to find, track down, too. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like you, Chrissy, you and I, we both watched this movie many, many times when mm-hmm. we were young. Yeah, I went into it convinced that I, A, loved it. And B, that it was a great movie that you were also going to love, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. But you're right. It was it was impossible to find uh, streaming, much like right. Mannequin, our last movie. We had to all get together and hang out and have a little viewing party, which in the end I think was a better choice. Yeah. But yeah, you can't find this movie streaming anywhere. And I really asked myself, why? This is a great movie. Why, why, don't, why doesn't everyone want to watch Young Guns all the time? And I think we found the answer. Yeah. Well, I'm a little surprised that you, we couldn't find it streaming online because this seems like the perfect movie that you'd be like 2 a.m. just scrolling through the deep channels of Hulu. And oh, you're like, Young Guns. Oh, Young Guns. Wait, yeah, let me put that on. It's like the Brat Pack <laughs> Western. Yeah. It's a Brat Pack Western. Well, I mean, we're you, loosely. Okay, here's another way to frame the movie. It's like, okay, like pitching the movie in the room. It's like, let's take... Like mm-hmm. all the heartthrobs of like the late eighties, mm-hmm. let's just fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> let's not change any of their hair. Leave all their hair the same as it is now. They don't have to change their accents. I mean, Charlie <laughs> Sheen will Charlie probably Sheen's do something weird. Try to do it. Let's talk. Let's talk about Charlie Sheen's accent because that happens right at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and then let's back it up and talk about the actual beginning of the movie because I need to have some discussion about John Tunstall. Uh, before we get before we get there, because you introduced it, yes, Charlie Sheen is doing an accent in this movie. Nobody else is. Like Kiefer Sutherland is just like, "Hey, what's up? I am Kiefer Sutherland. You like Lost Boys? Now I'm a cowboy." Emilio Estevez is just like, "Hi, I'm Emilio Estevez. Wait a minute. Hi." I'm Billy the Kid, an Irish person who is in the Old West, and this is how we all know Irish people in the Old West talk. 
The only person who's trying on an accent is Charlie Sheen, who puts it on so thick that he's like, Billy, Billy the kid, Billy, we're going to skin out, Billy. We're the law. Like, it's it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. I don't know you where know, it came with from. With all these guys, it, you do get the feel like they're, there's moments where they're trying to out monologue each other mm-hmm. or trying to out act each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Kiefer Sutherland, for sure, the whole movie, just trying super hard. Like, I feel like he he's like had the most like concentrated like effort of anyone. The rest of them all look like they were just kind of fucking around. Yeah. yeah they're just yeah. going for it. Kiefer Sutherland is legitimately trying to act. Yeah. Charlie Sheen is trying to legitimately overact. Um, but the way that like all of the characters in this movie meet cute is that Billy the Kid kills somebody <laughs> and is running away. And this guy, John Tunstall, who's a British. Played cat- by Darren Stamp. Yes. He's like a cattle merchant who takes in young boys even when he knows them to be murderers. He takes them back to his ranch. They're basically his hands, right? Not like Game of Thrones. It's like like Oliver Twist. Yeah. And he like, he tries to educate them and make them have manners. Am I getting that right? No, that that seems accurate and a noble cause. Does it? Because I find it deeply suspicious. (laughs) I mean, suspicious. Yeah. I mean, they bring that up. You won the reading contest, young man. You may stay in my bed. (laughs) There was just a a scene deleted from there. Yeah, it was a bit strange. Highly suspect. Yeah. Uh, but uh, of all the things... But really, time, what does that say about us? I mean... that With 2018 eyes, we're yeah. looking back going, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Honestly, he was a pretty nice guy. Yeah, I mean, the movie tells us that genuinely he just wanted to like teach these boys how to read. Yeah. This movie is devoid of sarcasm, but deserves so much. <laughs> so much! Anywho, he gets killed. Okay, here's my big question of the movie. So what happens is a British guy gets killed. All the boys are like, no, he was like our dad. We're upset. They get deputized. They go. For some reason. To try and bring justice to, like, what the story is about is, like, they're trying to bring justice to these men who are above the law because they are the law. Like, the sheriff and the governor and all these people, right. the Santa Fe ring. Jack they Palance, the evil. So evil. Meat and Baron. Gross. <laughs> Who's, like, a sleazy guy in a total dirtbag. But, like... Meat Baron. The Meat Baron, he comes down, he brings, like, 30 guys down to Tunstall's farm to tell him he better not go after that government contract because... Jack Palance has already got it all locked up, and the governor's in his pocket, and the state district attorney's in his pocket, and everybody's in his pocket, so he better just watch out and then has him killed. But if he's got all those people in his pocket, why does he need to have this guy killed? To kill him. Let him be. He's got his steam issues or something. I don't know. He's showing off because how many guys did he have to bring there to do this? Just to get in his face and intimidate him when it's like, why? He goes after the cattle thing you're gonna get anyway because you've bought off all these politicians so then he goes home disappointed in the end what if what have you lost wasn't he trying to buy his farm and stuff then like wasn't that the whole point of it was to try to get his land he never offers him a buyout maybe that was implied i don't know i think he just wanted to kill him because he didn't like him because he was british he's the old irish 
British thing? Is that a thing? Vaguely Irish. Jack Pounds was vaguely Irish. Yeah, but his name was Murphy and like, I don't know. Anyway, I was just like, leave him alone. What he's, he's literally not bothering you. Anywho, yeah, they know. kill him. The boys are supposed to be deputies and no. instead but Billy the Kid just fucking kills everyone. And yeah. that's the At thing. every that, opportunity. Can you imagine in our world today if if someone you love dies, gets murdered, and then the, the judge is like, you know what? I give you full power of the law to go after that person now. Here you go. You're a love, Like, loved one of the deceased who is mourning and wanting revenge. The law is in your hands. Here's a badge. Do whatever you want. That's what this movie's based on that premise right there. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And, and it's almost like the filmmakers drop down into the movie and say, I've got a great idea. Let's make these guys deputies. And then the realistic version happens where they just fuck about and they shoot people in the street, mm-hmm. you know, and they get high mm-hmm. and they go in circles and they don't know what to do. But they go a long they time. The they do planning. a lot of terrible, terrible shit before they're finally like, you know what? You're not deputies anymore. We need those badges back. (laughs) They do so much bad stuff before we even reach that point. Um, I have a theory, though, and it is that, you know, after dinner when he's having, like, reading time with the boys and he's like, no, Billy, here on my ranch you will learn to be educated young men because it takes more than just uh, being handy with this six-shooter to make it in today's America, which, A, false premise, it does not take more than a six-shooter to make it in that version of America. (laughs) Just what a boring time to be alive. What a boring, horrible time to be alive. Everybody's smelly and disgusting. So, yeah, what you do is, if someone kills someone you like, you kill everyone they've ever met, Inevitably, one of them gets mad at you, and then they all come to kill you and everyone you've ever met, and that's simply what we did before we had the internet. I I just like that it, everyone agrees on it. They're like, yeah, no, you have you have the right to go kill them now. Now you're dead. Yeah, you're good. You're good to go. Go for because it. Because did anyone honestly think that they were gonna walk in and be like, hey, I got a warrant and a badge. <laughs> you're coming peacefully with me. I'm going to take you to the jail where we know the corrupt sheriff is going to bring you to justice. But the judge, but I feel like the judge who, right? Because that's who this guy was that gave him this power that deputized him, right? Mm-hmm. He's a judge. And he's just like willy-nilly like, you know what? This is going to end. He even said, he's like, this is going to end in bloodshed. Mm-hmm. This is going to end in bloodshed. But go ahead. Let's you guys are still deputies. Anyway. You're going to get slaughtered. But you know what? Just do it. Like, I, it's so... And that just seems to be, like, the motive for everyone in this movie. It's like, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. We're doing this now. Yeah, there are so many points in this movie where up to 60 people are shooting limitless bullets at, like, one person who's, like, behind a piece of wood. Ironwood. And no one gets killed. Like, I mean, it took... It took six guys and several shots each person just to kill Tunsil. Mm-hmm. And he stood up for him. He even stood up and was like, take me. <laughs> A Christ-like figure. And it took him so long to shoot him. Everywhere else they go, like somebody goes behind a piece of rickety old outhouse wood and they are safe from 
the litany of bullets being fired at them. They were hiding behind barrels. They were like rolling barrels as barricades at the end. Like, yeah, no, we're we're safe behind this. Yeah. Bullets bullets don't make any sense in the world of this movie. Time doesn't make any sense in the world of this movie. No. Well, we we have no idea how much time takes place. Quick fun game. How much time beginning to end <laughs> do you think passes in the world of young guns from from <sighs> Definitely more than our last movie Mannequin. Which is like three days. Yeah, like three or four days. Um, I don't know. Three weeks? Four weeks? Okay, four weeks. What do you think? Oh, man. Just actually, I I would say two years. I also think it's two years. Two years. (laughs) No, it has to be even more than that. I don't know, because at one point they make it, you know... Charlie Sheen is saying, we can't go north because someone's coming for us. We can't go east. Someone's coming for us. We can't go west. Someone's coming. We can't go south. We have to, would have to walk through the Indian Reservation. And as we all know, they would slaughter us. Then they just go through the Indian Reservation. And it seems to me like then they would be free. Mm-hmm. Right. At what point do they go back through the Indian Reservation to get back to Lincoln? They had to cut that second peyote montage. Out of the movie. That's... <laughs> For running time. Yeah. Yeah, it was running long, so they cut they cut them going back through. They get away at least twice. Oh, yeah. I Nothing... None of the geography makes sense of any of this. They go to Mexico. From wherever they are, he says it's going to take a week to get to Mexico. They get to Mexico. One dude meets someone and gets married in the time right. it takes Billy the Kid to take a bath. In a few hours, yeah. <laughs> And then they're like, no, 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 no. We got to go back to Lincoln and be there by tomorrow afternoon. And they totally make it. They took the Game of Thrones dragons and made it there. <laughs> That's how they did it. Oh, I, yeah. The time literally makes that. It could have It could have been a week. It could have been six years. Mm-hmm. No way of telling or knowing. Um, okay. So what are some other thoughts that we need can to we, share? Can we talk about the psychopath that is Emilio Estevez's character? Please. And how at every step in the story, he not only relishes in the pleasure of killing someone, the characters keep going along with him because they have no other agency to get rid of him or to disagree with him. There, The violence in this movie is shocking. Mm-hmm. Um. Now that I rem- rewatching this, I realized I had seen this this movie several times when it first came out, like on VHS, like in 1990 or whatever. And there were two movies, Young Guns and then The Untouchables, that were kind of like these forbidden fruits of violence. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch them when my mom wasn't home, and maybe I'd get a little bit of like you know, a touch of nudity. There was just maybe like a nip slip or something like that. <laughs> There's an but, almost boob in Young Guns, but it was almost it was almost like the shocking violence. And this movie, the violence is shocking, mm-hmm. like headshots and splatter across Keith or Su- Kiefer Sutherland's face, and like people just main characters getting shot in the back, and it and and it goes totally against like the kind of poppy music that's that begins and ends the movie so much saxophone <laughs> yeah and synth synth and sax 
Yeah, there, there's okay. So yeah, there's, jeez, Louise. Yeah, he he when he he giggles joyfully after every time he murders someone. He <laughs> this almost like leprechauny giggle. He also giggles with joy whenever he puts his friends and their families yeah. at risk. And and there is consequences in the world of his actions, mm-hmm. but never any pushback by the other characters in any meaningful way. They're like, yeah. Billy, you can't do that. There's no consequences within his group of like him taking the lead and then murdering someone in a corner and then getting them into huge trouble. There's never anything other than just banter. Well, here's – and they all try to leave. They all try to leave. Lou Diamond Phillips is like, I'm out of here. Kiefer Sutherland is like, I'm going to bounce. They're all like, let's go to California. Let's go to Mexico. This is stupid and we don't want to participate. And the way he keeps reeling them back in is with the power of friendship. Like he the says – The power of pals. We're pals, so you can't leave. Nothing is more important than the fact that we are, quote – pals and other than our montage by chavez none of them were like hey wait no fuck you you just showed up mm-hmm. you just got here everything <laughs> like, was fine you've known <laughs> Terrence stamp for three days <laughs> yeah. and you're leading the the revenge mission yeah he's the cult leader essentially yeah and I, did, I didn't know i didn't think it was possible but this is emilio estevez's least likable character isn't he kind of a dick in St. Elmo's Fire? I don't know. I haven't seen that one in, in much longer than I've seen this one. Okay, yeah. Okay, I agree with you. Possibly Charlie Sheen's most likable character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and he's he, the he most likable character. On, in, so. When he's not talking, he's the most likable character in the movie, and he dies violently and disturbingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about that. He, he, Billy the Kid is the villain of this movie. Yeah. And the other and characters not forget, do not realize this. He's the bad guy in real life, too. Guys, spoiler alert, there's a Young Guns 2. Okay, I, is now the time to talk about Young Guns 2? Because <laughs> I'm equally sure that I love Young Guns 2. Okay, good. And I did not realize until... I'm sure it's better than this one. No, 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 it's it's much worse. <laughs> it's much worse. Um, But we don't... Young Guns 2 is where we get Bon Jovi. I was certain. In fact, I included it in the notes for this podcast. And, <laughs> and my recommendation was going to be the music of Bon Jovi. It's not in this movie. It's in Young Guns 2. I think we should all watch Young Guns 2 <laughs> right, right now. Pause the podcast. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, Young Guns 2 is, is worse. But it, also, so this, well, this movie is a huge hit. So this was 88. The sequel came out in 90. And I came out in ninety one. So <laughs> um, I have I have Just several other questions though. How do all of these people who live in the old west know any of these famous quote unquote gunfighters by their names and faces? Like they're constantly throughout this movie, like, oh, I see someone miles away riding towards us. That's Buckshot Bill. Oh, that's Charlie Grant. Oh, here's John Kenny. I recognize them and know their names. And where do they keep getting these newspapers oh. when they're on the lamb? They have a subscription. It's the kid from Better Off Dead, and he's just always like galloping up. <laughs> Where's my two dollars? The eagle! <laughs> the delivery is here! 
Yeah, uh, to, I, I want to know who their suppliers of newspaper and tobacco were. That's who I want. The particulars in this movie. Oh, my God. Dermot, Dermot Mulroney. An unlimited supply of chewing tobacco. The size of a softball in Oh, yeah. Cheek. He had a quest to make the most repellent character in cinema. And he wins. So gr- He's constantly filthy. He's got that softball full of chaw. And when they're at the fancy New Year's dance, he wipes the... What do you call it? The tobacco spit off his chin and wipes it in his hair. He was having a ball on this movie. So gross. He yeah, he looked like he was yeah having just a a whole ton of fun. I bet everybody had. He was probably like, "Fuck these kids I'm working with. Like, (laughs) they are a bunch of jagoffs. I'm just gonna have fun with this character. I'm just gonna keep on adding weird shit." Like Chevy Chase and Three Amigos. I'm just going to have fun with it. Meanwhile, as soon as they call cut, like just mountains of cocaine. (laughs) Just flying through everyone's brain. Um, And and here's my other thing. So normally, Nate, when we watch these movies, we sort of look back with our, you know, 2018 eyes and say, ooh, this doesn't really hold up that well. This part's problematic. Here's how, like, tastes have changed in these many years. It's hard to do that with Young Guns because it's, a historical piece so all of the times when i'm like why are they being so mean to their friend who's part of their gang for being a mexican half mexican is half this Navajo. movie historically accurate like, is he why is he he has the least amount of reason to be friends with any of them because they are yeah. none of them are ever nice to him they really don't care. Like he does this whole like very moving monologue about how oh he gets the Oscar speech. He yeah, does. yeah. And they're all just like, yeah, that's nice. Sorry about your family. We're pals. I don't know if you heard me, <laughs> but we're pals. I don't care that you're the last of your clan. <laughs> yeah. I said pals like four times, and you <laughs> contractually you're obligated. So like it's hard to say. Oh, that's creepy or problematic. Um, here's what I did find that I did not enjoy, which I remember feeling very differently about as a kid, was the love story between Kiefer Sutherland's character <laughs> and the um, young woman whose whose story is that Jack Palance's character had a shirt ruined at a laundry, and so he took the uh, Asian woman's daughter, and like she was the house whore. Kiefer Sutherland like lays eyes on her and it's just like no I claim you yeah as now, you did in those now days. I like you I'm your savior yeah she yeah and he's awful to her start to finish he like attacks her in the street and offers her some like dirty like weeds. Big shrub yeah <laughs> shrubs like a tumbleweed and he calls flowers and he's like no 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 I'm not dangerous I'm a poet and she's like no thank you keep your filthy weeds and tell your guardian i'm coming for you <laughs> i'm coming for him <laughs> yeah. yeah seriously i won't be like this normally i'm just i'm gonna be a really good boyfriend but right now go tell the person who takes care of you that i'm gonna fucking kill him but i'm nice i'm a poet then he breaks into her room and like and she's not having it she doesn't want any of it and he's like yelling at her about how they're gonna go make a life together. <laughs> Meanwhile, which, she's like, "Which you white know... boy are you again?" <laughs> <laughs> and 
I, yeah, she just she seems so just. And what's like her name? China. China doll. They call her China doll. China. Her name's like Yin Sun. China. Yeah, he calls her China. That's that's upsetting. And he seems to care about her a lot. Jack Palance cares yeah. about her. Like he seems like for if you think about the times, and he probably had many different courtesans. Oh, and you're, his, you're giving it the fancy his words. Display. It's historically accurate. Uh, that is the parlance of their time. And sex and, workers. Yes. So, and and I just I I think like why did he care so much about about her? And like he runs after her when she starts running into the house at the end. Like he he just wouldn't be like, uh, okay." Yeah. So, the key for having been such a creeper during the big climax, she runs into the house that 60 men are shooting at to that's, be reunited. That's on fire. Yeah, that's on fire because she loves him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't want to go with him when his offer was to get on a train and go to New York. Right. Yeah. She's like, uh, house burning? She can run in that burning building and be like, no, 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 I, in this moment I've decided I love you. Yes, it's safer. And and Kiefer says, like, come in, hurry, get in. It's safer inside. <laughs> if he really cared about her, he'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Go wait over there. He's like, yeah, I if I get out of this. He's like, on second thought. Oh. <laughs> yep. All right, and now for a brand new segment we call Padding Out the Episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I am dying to hear some of this IMDb trivia. Okay, so this one, this is the one that made me exclaim out loud, uh, and it is only because I'm a boring history nerd. Like virtually all movies about the events surrounding the Lincoln County War, John Tunstall is incorrectly depicted as an older, sophisticated man. In reality, John Tunstall was only 24 years old when he was murdered. He was, in fact, younger than most of the regulators. By contrast, Josiah Doc Sherlock was 31 at the time of Tunstall's murder, and Richard Dick Brewer was 27. Only the youngest regulator, William H. Bonney, a.k.a. Billy the Kid, was younger, being 20 at the time of the Lincoln County War. So that's the only thing they got wrong? <laughs> no, no. There's many things they got wrong. But I just thought that was interesting that they decided to depict him. I think it would be much more interesting if you had this, like, 24... 24- 24 this year old bratty kid yeah running everything That's just awesome. get another um, brat in there judd hirsch What's <laughs> judd, judd nelson judd nelson in there. <laughs> that would have been awesome guys we can't forget what judd nelson did for us he was younger than all of us but he took us all in and was like a and father taught us figure. how to read yeah <laughs> That anyway, that was that's oh. that's the only fun. Oh, uh, I didn't realize there were there. I was expected to provide more than the one. Oh no, oh, not okay. expected to do anything. Did we really cover everything that you wanted to talk about, Nathan? How could we possibly have? All right, do you want to hear the top grossing movies in 1988? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Rain Man. Number two. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Number three, Coming to America. Then Big, Twins, Crocodile Dundee 2, Die Hard. These are all movies we could have chosen instead of Young Guns. <laughs> That's what this list is. The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, Cocktail, Beetlejuice, Working Girl. Oh, 
Fish Called Wanda, Scrooge, Willow, Beaches. I just want you to know. Guys, season two, I promise 1988 will be much better. Young Guns is number 22, which actually, if you think about it, is... That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it had a a small budget, and it made uh, $45 million. Okay, so big return on it. Yeah, they were like, oh, we're on to something. Quickly, Young Guns 2. Get that out there. Get Bon Jovi on the scene. Let's make this happen. Two years later, Young Guns 2. So I did have one thing to talk about. So it was almost like an uncelebrity cameo every time the character Pat Garrett appears. It's like the whole, so the whole movie just grinds to a stop. And, and so I had to look it up. Maybe I knew then like Pat Garrett is the dude who kills Billy the kid eventually. But it it really, the movie just grinds to a halt and expects you to know that immediately and it's like a celebrity, like they give it the, the, the shot the same weight that a celebrity gets when he kind of walks in and does a cameo. Like, oh, shit, we're supposed to know who this is. It expects you to know not only that Pat Garrett is the guy who eventually kills Billy the Kid, but also that he shoots him in the back. Because at some point he just like turns his back on him. And it's like, oh, this is a moment where if you know the history of the Lincoln County war or Billy the Kid like but that's what Young Guns 2 is about by the way like he and Pat Garrett are friends and then they split up and Pat Garrett starts to hunt him with Viggo Mortensen I don't know if that uh, strikes your fancy more so he gets the gang back together at least those he hasn't already basically had not murdered that's not right his friends who he hasn't yet been responsible for their deaths they all get back together. Alan Ruck is there. Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Uh, and, like, they go running around killing lots of people again. There were people left. <laughs> there were eight people left. <laughs> they kill those eight people. Time passed, and by that time, two years later, there were 12 people, at least. <laughs> oh, um, they're just, But they're just bad. What, they, at, at... what they insinuate, though, is that Billy the Kid didn't really die that he's still alive and he's oh yeah yeah that oh. that i do remember so mm-hmm. yeah oh man yeah i i just if the second movie is anything like this one where it's literally i i understand that they are teenagers ooh, 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 ooh. and and um christian slater's in it oh, oh yeah that's, excellent that's, excellent that's right but I, I understand that the whole premise is like they're young they're teenagers but also in this time 19 was like 30 now like by the time you were 19 you were expected to be like pretty much able to handle yourself and everything and so for for people for kids kids quote-unquote kids who've grown up in the old west and know this know this world right they all talk about their previous the dirty underwear outfit that Kiefer Sutherland was part of in Missouri in Missouri and like all these different outfits they've been with they are so, so, so shitty at living in the West. Yeah. They trust everyone. Mm-hmm. All the people trust them all. They they g- constantly put themselves in situations that no one would ever put themselves in in the Old West. Like, they're just so bad at it. They're so bad at being in the West. That's why this can't even be a Western. And, and <laughs> just, they don't yeah, behave like the, Western the way I people put it would is, behave. It's it's you could if you this movie would make so much much more sense if you took 
all the characters and replace them with a cast of entourage. <laughs> That's basically everything, every decision and everything that they do suddenly makes sense if you just replace them, like an overlay, like a program just to replace them. It's like, oh, I get it. It all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. There's there's one point where the, the sort that's of, how I would recast it. That's that's your recast. <laughs> that's my recast. <laughs> is the cast of Entourage. Uh, the part where where the character Charlie is like they're saying we're gonna get hanged, and it's like yeah you're fucking murderers. Have you in the West? Are you not? <laughs> this is common. Keeping up with us? They were the dimmest people. <laughs> they were so dumb. They, like they just didn't know how the world worked. They it, all had Stockholm syndrome. It almost felt like they. It was like the actors. They were like, "Wait, they're gonna what to this character? They're gonna hang this character? <laughs> oh this no!" Movie about? <laughs> hey, what is this movie? It's just um, so. Oh, that's okay. just what bugged me the whole time. So obviously, we think that this didn't hold up. Mm. Um, Not at all. God. I, I, I Mannequin say- seems so great in comparison. I gave it such a low rating. I'm, t- I, I'm gonna revise my rating and give it one more mannequin, one more point, full point. Okay. So was that like a, a a five? I think I gave it a four out of ten. I thought you gave mannequin. it a five or a six. A four point five, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what, it, but it gets an extra point. An extra point. Yeah, and it takes it from Young Guns. Yeah, and and I I think this is our one. Like this is the one that we've been searching for. <laughs> this is our barometer. <laughs> it is. This is the worst movie. Look. So on a scale of one Young Gun, let's say to ten Young Guns. Yeah. Guns. What? Okay. So pistols, revolvers, Young Gatling Guns, guns that Gatling you save guns. for some reason to kill the lawyer. Don't <laughs> How use the Gatling oh, Gun. Oh like, yeah. Till it's just the lawyer. The Whole unarmed three days. <laughs> three days of a house siege. <laughs> I'm assuming. Who knows? <laughs> How many house sieges would you give this? <laughs> Three days of a house siege, and then, like, at the end, when everyone else is dead, but, like, the guy who did the least amount in this movie, they're like, Gatling gun for this one. one. Get it out. Okay, I've got it. On a scale of one pal to ten pals. Oh, there we go. Because that is the theme of the movie, right? That's the end. Yeah, That's what we're meant to walk away with. I I feel like they made this movie, and it's like, we got to put a little fresh paint on this. We got to put some hip exciting saxophone music at the beginning and end <laughs> and then we've got to add in this thing about pals and how friends are forever and it felt and if the music that music was like you just took it from a different movie you just you cut it from a different 80s movie which i know they it all, might be the all music from mannequin it it might be from several different ones and they use it in the montage too so they do it now the, the beginning the yeah. end and then they do it in the in the peyote montage, right in the middle, and which, by the way, I still love that payoff. That's probably my favorite part of the movie was the payoff on the peyote montage, where it's like, oh, it gets them through the Indian land. That's how he planned it. We're I love in the spirit p- world. Right, we're in the spirit world. He's they like, can't see he us. got him just like dumb enough and non-threatening enough to walk them right through a Native American village, mm-hmm. which I thought was genius. I actually really love that payoff and the way, way it was written. Okay. Af- that scene is hilarious, though. We didn't talk enough about him being like, dog, dog, <laughs> did you see the size of that chicken? And like the whole butterfly <laughs> flower thing, like butterfly finds flower and stays with it. No, 
no, that's not how butterflies and, work. And it comes out of nowhere because it's almost like Kubrickian. <laughs> how it's just it, talk about grinding the movie to a halt. That, that montage, the movie. <laughs> that montage was like, to we're gonna stop here. We're gonna show you all of them several times around on this peyote, and then we're again. The payoff was great at the end, but I thought they did miss an opportunity for montage early on. With they could have had a total deputy training montage. Yeah, that they could have thrown that music over of them like hundred percent practicing agree. in the desert on shooting at cacti. Uh, cacti there and has stuff. to be like a some kind of like course and even if it's an hour-long presentation of like here's what you can and cannot do as a deputy (laughs) no no orientation anyway how many guns pointed at your face do you give i give it i'm gonna give it two pals and a dirty steve (laughs) (laughs) okay so two and a half yeah two and a half two and a half pals uh okay i will give it i'll give it four I will give it and a TARDIS. And a TARDIS. I think I too will give it two point five or two point four to give it I wanna be the person who gives it the lowest in the room. I'm gonna give it one dollar, Bob. One dollar Bob. <laughs> one I'm gonna give it two point four weird unnecessary photos of Billy the Kid. Yeah, what was that? This was he handing out his headshot? Was he trying to get a <laughs> he job? He gets a picture taken and he tries to give it to the first person to after Alex, he's given them a quest, the lawyer, yeah. a mission, and he doesn't want to take it. And then he turns and gives it to his wife. Yeah, and Alex was like, "This has he, to." Be- Alex was like, "I'm going to give this to my producer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll pass this along. Totally read your screenplay. <laughs> um, okay, what uh, what is your deep cut recommendation? All right, so if you liked Young Guns, mm-hmm. then you can go to hell, sir. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to recommend that you see a similar movie that is The Polar Negative, Unforgiven, which kind of deals with some of the same things of like, Revenge and violence, but good. <laughs> but so this movie won an Oscar, though. I was going to say Unforgiven, Oscar winning. Yeah, was it Best Picture or did it just win? Like, what Unforgiven? Yeah, no, it got stuff. Best Picture. Okay. So fuck you, Young Guns. I think Young Guns also won an Oscar. Not an Oscar. Best use of music. It's going to turn out it did not. <laughs> I don't think you need to search. It was, it okay. won the Bronze Wrangler Theatrical Motion Picture. Okay, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. Y- Young Guns won the award for not best acting, but most acting. Most acting. All right. What's your deep cut recommendation? My deep cut recommendation to watch is if you if you're interested in the history of of this war, uh, you can watch either the PBS did a documentary about Billy the Kid. Uh, I believe it was American Experience. They also, Lee Kenburn's uh, Old West uh, documentary is an excellent one as well. So if you're interested in more history, nice. go watch those. Okay. Or just visit yeah. Santa Fe. It's a nice town. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Those are good. Yeah. Take the Young Guns tour. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes you to Mexico and back in a single day. Uh, I'm going to stick with my original recommendation was that I fully planned to just recommend the music of Bon Jovi. And I'm sticking with it. 
listen to Bon Jovi. <laughs> instead Which of does watch, not appear in Young Guns. Instead of watching one. Young Guns. It's absolutely not in Young Guns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything else, boys? No? Let's I think, get, I let's, think I got let's it all out. Let's just be done with this. Um, this was exciting. Shit. This was so much fun. <laughs> the fun, you should have been in the room with us because, boy, did we have a good time. All right, be sure to join us next time on a most excellent 80s movie podcast. We are watching The Burbs from 1989. It's our final movie selection of season one. Wow. Oh, it's episode 10. Uh, you can find us online at mostexcellentpod.com. Uh, find us on the Facebook group, which is just the most excellent Facebook group. Uh, Instagram, we're most excellent pod. Uh, yeah, and you can, of course, find Nathan at uh, Squishy Studios, uh, squishystudios.com, or on Instagram as well. Nate, where can people find you? On twitter.com at natemcw, also at the National Comedy Theater. In on, real life. In at re- the IRL at the National Comedy Theater, and on Gank That Drink. Gank on most drink. excellent pod yes uh super super that's not that podcast you can't talk like that supernatural <laughs> drinking game podcast uh, where we play drinking game rules and watch supernatural um and you know if you're in anywhere in the southwest as we've just learned you can hop on a horse and be at national comedy theater in mesa arizona in like a few hours 20 minutes that's how time from works. santa fe i when hear it was downhill horse, yeah it's much yeah. quicker <laughs> Find NCT at nctphoenix.com. Uh, do all that podcast jazz, like, rate, subscribe, review, ba 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 You get it by now. Yeah. Uh, as always on uh, the most excellent 80s movie podcast, we remind you to be excellent to each other and... Pals. pals.